Hello and welcome to From No Crypto to No Crypto. This is Blockchain Wayne bringing you another cryptocurrency podcast. Today's episode brought to us by Coincierge Club, mobile private key wallet and point of sale solution. Coincierge Club makes purchasing easy, safe and overall process more efficient while costing less. All right, let's take a look at what's going on with the market update. Uh, didn't do any podcasts over the weekend. Wanted to see how things would play out. Whole lot of sideways movement. Currently, Bitcoin is sitting at $3,872, down about 7% from the peak last week. But uh, still consider it anything above 3,800 is considered sideways movement for me. 3,800 to 4,200 is, is pretty much sideways for me until we can either drop below that or bust above, say, call it 4,500. I think it's still considered sideways movement. Uh, global market cap for cryptocurrency is sitting at 126 billion right now. Bitcoin dominance still sitting at 53, over 53%, sitting at 53.65. Whole lot of red when you look at the market right now, mainly because of what's happened uh, really in the last 24 hours. We saw, you know, it tests 4,200 over the weekend. A lot of times weekend moves are not very strong. Price can be moved easily up or down just because there's a whole, not a whole lot of trading volume over the weekend. Um, but that's where we're sitting right now, just still keeping an eye on it. Uh, some chart in, some people that, that post charts on TradingView are currently saying, you know, despite what we see right now in the price action, there looks like to be some bullish momentum setting up. But again, it's all speculative. You want to hedge your bets if you are in a position, have a stop loss set. Other than that, if you're just holding long term, I wouldn't really do anything one way or another right now until we see what the market does. All right, let's take a look at what's going on in market news. So, uh, you know, really, this article came out the other day, and I shared it on the Facebook page, but only a few weeks left in 2018. Bitcoin trading volume for the year has already crossed $2 trillion. Uh, many countries have seen record BTC trading volume at different points of the year, with more every day. It seems like people are adopting the popular cryptocurrency. They're seeing this, this bear market right now as a buying opportunity, and that's what we're seeing happen with volumes overall. Uh, it's a 61% increase from last year's total volume of $870 billion. Um, now, the growth record in 2017 over 2016 was 96%. So we're seeing year over year massive growth in trading volumes, and we're going to start to see that really start to reflect in price here soon whenever this bull, bull market decides to kick off. Uh, just waiting to see what happens. All right. So, uh, the SEC has published a memorandum last week as well. Uh, after the latest meeting regarding a you know BTC ETF, uh, the application was originally brought to the commission by Van Eck and blockchain software and financial service company Solid X. So representatives from Van Eck and Solid X, as well as the Chicago Board Options Exchange, which you hear referred to many times as CBOE, so they met with members of the SEC last week um, and basically gave some information. They argue that Bitcoin was in fact more resistant to market minimization than its traditional counterparts with approved ETFs. Uh, you know, and they gave comparisons of whether it was a product company or something, whereas inside information gets out about product releases or anything new they come in on the market that could, um, you know, make, make the price more volatile, more manipulative. Now Van Eck, as, as you also heard me in a past episode last week, announced a partnership with the world's second largest stock exchange, NASDAQ, to jointly launch a set of transparent, regulated, and surveilled digital asset products, starting with the Bitcoin futures contract, which is slated for Q1 of next year. So Van Eck and SolidX are meeting with the SEC. They were arguing, basically, 
over the fact that, that Bitcoin is, is suitable enough for an ETF approval from the SEC. As you heard, the SEC, one of the SEC chairman uh, stated last week that he doesn't believe that Bitcoin is ready for an ETF. So interesting news to see. Many people are optimistic that an ETF will be approved in early, early January to February of next year. All right, so next up, Fidelity Investments looking to expand its institutional crypto assets platform to include trading for the top five to seven cryptocurrencies by market cap. And that was revealed at a BlockFS conference in New York last week. It came in response to a question from Coindesk posed by Tom Jessup, um, posed to Tom Jessup, should I say, head of the Fidelity Digital Assets on what other cryptocurrencies may be added to the platform to be launched next year. He, he went on to explain that it's taking a customer-driven approach for now, and that is 13,000 plus institutional clients are interested in Bitcoin and Ether because they make up a large part of the current market cap. And he said, I think when it comes to security tokens, are tokens that are likely to be deemed securities they are waiting for that space to develop, as you've seen what's happening currently with the SEC, which we'll talk about some more developments in the SEC later on in this podcast. He went on to say, I think it, when it comes to security tokens or tokens that are likely to be deemed um, securities, we're waiting on that space to develop. Uh, so we're really waiting to see what's going to happen. Fidelity is, you know, you may think Fidelity just jumped in this space, but they spent four to five years research and development in the space and has a long view of the crypto asset class and the underlying technology's potential, which Jessup compared to the exponential sweep of the internet. He acknowledged that digital assets have not had a great run this year. I think we all agree that. Um, pointing out that a year prior, the run-up in prices saw Fidelity's charitable crypto donations vehicle garner some $70 million in contributions. So Fidelity is not new to this space. And when you look at the size of Fidelity and what they've done just creating the Fidelity, Fidelity digital asset company, to create this trading trading uh, desk, you know, you really see it. There's a lot, lot of bullish sentiment long term and Bitcoin and crypto from Fidelity. All right. So Forbes released an article that I shared over the weekend uh, that despite this year's bloodbath in the crypto asset space, the industry is, you know, likely to generate considerable investor surplus, considerable investor surplus in the long run. It said, comparing it to others, it has the best chance to deliver the most attractive risk-adjusted returns over the next 10 years compared to less controversial favorites such as Amazon stock, a 10-year U.S. Treasury bond, an apartment in Manhattan, or other consensus long investments. So when you look at Bitcoin, they gave us several reasons. And, and Bitcoin is rare, unlevered asset in a levered world. So global debt has reached $250 trillion, $70 trillion higher than in 2018. The U.S. runs a trillion dollar deficit. Pension funds are underfunded amidst retiring populations and student debt has snowballed to 1.5 trillion in the U.S. with nine out of 10 borrowers struggling to make payments. So with all that happened, looking at the long, not what's happening today or tomorrow, but looking at what's going on that's gonna affect the long-term uh, viability of many investments, all of this puts pressure on central banks to print excessively into the foreseeable future, diluting the value of fiat currency. What's fiat currency? Those, those green dollar bills you may have rolled up in your pocket or in your wallet. That's what's happening. Smart money and increasingly just more money will flock to unlevered assets that have limited supply, gold, Bitcoin, and other alternative assets that aren't a part of the mainstream investment world. Um, you know, looking at some other reasons why Bitcoin is, a, is the best long-term play according to Forbes, Blockchain is built on the premise of social scalability. Another reason given is blockchain technology enables financial inclusion without rent-seeking intermediaries. Now, 
let's talk about what that means. What is a rent seeking intermediary, right? If you want to purchase something from the store and you want to use money that is not physically on you, you know, you need a third party intermediary. Now that's whether or not you're paying with a card or cash because you have to get that cash from a bank or you have to, you deposit, you pay with cash and that, that, that company has to deposit that cash into a bank, right? Or you want to swipe your card, uh, you know, Visa or MasterCard has to approve that swipe and then your bank has to approve that, Hey, yes, you have the money in there. And what do these companies do? They make millions and billions of dollars just by being an intermediary rent seeking meaning they're just looking to get a piece in the piece of the game. They want to have get paid on every transaction in the world. And we, we would like to eliminate a lot of those third party intermediaries because of what's happening with them breaking trust in a lot of cases. So if you take Bitcoin, for instance, it's faster, cheaper to send inherently deflationary, uh, easier to store, divide, and is a true non-correlated hedge. Unlike gold or the U.S. dollar, it works on weekends, 24-7, 365. You can trade it three, you know, 24-7, 365. You can trade it on weekends. So it is judgment and censorship resistant, subject to no capital controls, bank restrictions, or asset freezes. So it is trustless in that a TTP is not necessary to handle your assets in the sense that you do not have to trust the government to preserve value on your behalf. So this is why Bitcoin is a good long-term play. The fourth reason to sum up what Forbes said, uh, crypto assets, largely addressable market results in an investment with asymmetric upside. Now, why would they be saying asymmetric upside? I mean, we've been in a bear market all year. The size of what the crypto market is right now. I mean, let's face it, whether it's 126 billion that you lo we're looking at right now, or 250, 300, even 500 billion, which we looked at, you know, earlier in the year before this, this huge decline, that's just a drop in the bucket. We're talking about, um, you know, $100 trillion currency and $100 trillion market cap of all currency in circulation worldwide right now. And that's not counting all derivatives and everything else that could take that number up to 200, 250 trillion or more. But that's what we're looking at right now. So a hundred billion dollars is just a drop in the bucket, not even a drop in the bucket. When you see the upside, that's why you see many venture capitalist investors that are bullish on cryptocurrency and they're pumping money, even fidelity as well. Cause they see the long term. what, you know, what, where is this going to be when cryptocurrency market is a 1 trillion, 10 trillion, $50 trillion market cap? What do you think of the value is going to be or some of these, these cryptocurrencies that are out there now? And there may be some new ones there, you know, technology is constantly evolving, but you're going to see blockchain and crypto really start to take off. All right. So that's, that's my take on the Forbes article. I want to jump next into some news from the SEC. So the SEC uh, has settled charges with professional boxer Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather Jr. And music producer Khalid, better known as DJ Cali uh, for not disclosing they were paid to promote initial coin offerings. Okay, got to stop that right there. DJ Cali says all he does is win no matter what, but obviously not in this case. Both Mayweather and Cali uh, admitted, they neither admitted to or denied charges in their settlement. Of course, Mayweather's going to have to pay $300,000 in disgorgement and $300,000 in penalties for accepting $300,000. So if you notice that Mayweather has to pay twice of what he earned from promoting a couple of different ICOs, 
and Callie got to pay $150,000 in penalties for, I believe he accepted around $50,000. So in this case, neither one of them win. Now those ICOs were deemed to be scams. Uh, the, the founders behind those ICOs are charged with fraud. So, you know, the SEC, they're cracking down on crypto ICOs this year. And a top official said earlier this year that dozens of cases are pending. And it looks like the next wave of enforcement by the SEC is going to be focusing on social media influencers who have promoted ICOs to the general public. Now, that's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out because my take, you're looking at the Mayweather and DJ Cali thing is, yeah, they, they promoted something that was deemed a security. It was deemed a fraud as well. So they got fined, right? And, and what's going what's gonna to be curious to see is, are they only going after the ones that were deemed frauds? What about the ICOs that, that have launched that have legitimate projects over the last year now? Looking, they can only go back a little over a year because that was when they issued the guidance that anybody promote, any celebrity promoting anything that could be deemed a security, whether it's a physical security or a digital security, uh, must disclose what they're being paid to promote it. So they're not saying they can't promote it, but one, they must disclose it, and two, it has to be deemed a security. So we're going to see what happens uh, as, this, as this unfolds and, and as social media influencers get targeted. So looking for some news updates on that. All right, last up in the news, Bitcoin community uh, subreddit. Bitcoin has hit the $1 million, $1 million subscriber, not $1 million, $1 million subscriber mark uh, according to a post yesterday uh, from one of the mo moderators. It's one of the most well-known Bitcoin communities. It was founded in September 2010, almost two years after the release of the Bitcoin white paper. It, you know, it reached 1 million subscribers amid the recent market slump. Uh, there is some controversy around this group. So this is subreddit uh, forward slash or forward slash Bitcoin. Now there's another one, subreddit forward slash or forward slash BTC that was created uh, several years ago after some controversy within the Bitcoin group, the one with the full Bitcoin name in it, because many people were saying that many posts were censored and, you know, and, and they were looking, you know, anytime someone tries to bring up legitimate debate over whether it was a fork, whether it was hash rate, whether, whether it was block size, um, they were censored from that group. So many people moved over to the BTC group. However, the BTC group only has, 230,000 members compared to 1 million of the Bitcoin one. But as the market educates itself and evolves, I'm, I'm, you know, this is something I'm going to watch to see. Definitely I'm following both communities just to see what's going on in both and what kind of conversation is being had, you know, is being had in there just to keep up with what's going on. All right. So let's jump into some crypto education today. And I want to point out, so over the last couple of weeks, I've taken several calls and messages and emails from people that want to know, Hey, what to do in a time like this where things have, have really hopefully bottomed? I mean, we're hoping we've seen a bottom, but we've seen, uh, you know, whether we're at the bottom or, or we're not, we're almost there. I mean, whether it's, it's 3,700, 3,500, 3,000, uh, once we hit that bottom, we're going to see things start to turn around. You know, you're going to see capitulation. You're going to see a lot of fear, which we've already seen. A lot of people getting angry, cursing on social media groups about their investments going to nothing or, or going down are losing all their money because they went in uh, heavy on something they didn't really understand. But what do you do now? So say the price is bottom or potentially bottom. So say you bought high, say you bought in around 15, 16, $17,000. You bought Bitcoin. I'm just gonna use Bitcoin because let's face it. It's the dominant one. It's what most people talk about right now. 
and we're not going to dig too much in this, any of the other ones right now just because this is just a scenario base and you can take this for anyone out there. First of all, if it's anything other than Bitcoin, you want to make sure you, you've done your research and understand what it is. If you're going to hold it, invest it, or potentially buying it, or you're already holding it, do you really know what the roadmap is for that technology, for that cryptocurrency? Do you know what working products they have? Do you know what their future roadmap is? Because you can have a crypto that was pumped in 2017 just based off a of hype, but where is it going today, right? Where is the movement going? What, what is happening? What kind of development is being done? Who's working on it, right? So that's the first thing. Say you bought high. Say you bought Bitcoin, 15, 16, 17,000. Maybe you bought a whole Bitcoin, right? Maybe you threw in $15,000 and you bought a whole Bitcoin, right? What would you, you know, what would my advice be right now? And this is not financial advice. This is just what I would personally, let's just say it's just what I would personally do if, if I'm looking at that, right? Current price, 3,800, I would buy another one. Why? Because I just cut my cost basis huge because now when the market does start to recover, Instead of me having to wait for Bitcoin to get back over 15000 to be in the positive on this investment, I've only got to wait for it to get to, you know, say what, what's called in the middle in there between four and 15. Uh, you know, say it, it, it's only got to get to about eight or 9000 before I'm in the positive, right? The more you can lower your cost basis, the better you are when this thing, you know, when this thing does start to take off. So that's what I would do personally if I was sitting on something like that. Um, you know, maybe you bought all along the way, right? And you already know about the the, the power of dollar cost averaging. You bought when it was a thousand, you bought when it was twenty thousand, and you bought everywhere in between. You also are going to be in profit a lot sooner than people that just bought high and sat on it. So, and you're constantly, you know, every time it dips, if you're continually to buy, you're lowering your dollar cost average into that that investment, right? Um, so many people are on the sidelines. I got a few few messages from friends that have watched me over the last couple of years and just been scared to jump in. You know, scared, didn't really understand it, don't get it, you know, and, and but now they're curious. They still see a lot and they see, they definitely notice that there's some value in it right now at this price, but they're scared to jump in. And as with any investment, now, whether this is crypto or you're playing stock market or you're dabbling in Forex or anything else, you don't want to invest more than you're willing to lose. Every investment has a potential to lose your money. You can invest in Amazon stock. What if something comes out tomorrow that's scandalous about Amazon, you realize that their stock was propped up and it crashed. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but what if that happens? So you want to make sure you had your bets, right? So I would recommend if you don't want to come in big, like I tell people, start buying a little bit at a time, right? Use some of these apps that I've talked about in the past. I talked about using the bundle app, B-U-N-D-I-L. Every time I swipe my, um, every time I have a transaction on my bank account, it adds, you know, it adds a dollar, rounds up a dollar that it puts into crypto. And that happens, you know, no matter what, no matter what I'm doing, just living my life. I'm not, I don't have to go in and click buy. Whether the price is high or low, it doesn't matter. It's buying all the time, right? Or just take a little bit at a time, set aside. You know, I've got a friend that two years ago, he started and he was in a situation where, uh, you know, he wasn't in a position where he could put a lot of money in, but he could do 30 to $50 every Friday. And that's what happened every Friday consistently for, you know, going on almost two years now. That's what's happened day in, day out, or week in, week out, should I say. And he's amassed quite a bit based on, you know, based on that. Uh, so you don't have to go in big, but you want to start. And as you do that, you want to really start to study more and understand what's going on. Look at what's happening in the news, not just what the big news outlets are telling you, right? Because they're the ones that were telling you to buy it when it was, when it was, at this peak and they're the ones that's telling you to sell it now at the bottom. 
And that's really, you know, the undertone of that is there's a lot of institutional money that's gathering this. You know, I just talked about early in this episode about trading volumes for Bitcoin being being so high over this year, you know, over $2 trillion already. But that's not even taking account what, what can't be tracked, what cannot be tracked from OTC markets. Now, OTC are over the counter. Now, those where large uh, investors or sellers can go and sell it outside of a normal exchange so it doesn't affect the price or, you know, you do a huge sell order on, on a normal exchange and it could tank the price. You do a huge buy order and it could cause the price to jump up, you know, tremendously right now. But a lot of OTC people are buying 50, 100, $300,000 or more worth of Bitcoin and they're doing it outside of exchanges. So, you know, you want to do, you know, go against what the masses are. You know, many people that don't understand typical investing is they're buying at the top and they're panic selling at the bottom. And this market is no different in, in terms of patience than any other type of market. Whereas, you know, these markets have a way of transferring uh, wealth from the impatient to the patient, right? So can you sit it out? That's what I mean. When people are panicking and, and thinking this thing is going down to zero, that's when your institutional money is buying up. Your, your, your experienced investors are buying up. So that's what you want to do right now. Whether you're scared to jump in, I just tell you, start dipping your toe in the water. If you haven't already created a Coinbase account, do that as well. Or download the Abra app. The Abra app allows you to be able to buy crypto at any time. You know, you can link to a bank account, right? Find a crypto ATM that doesn't have, a, you know, high fees. And, you know, convert some of that cash directly into crypto. Uh, you know, just do a little bit at a time. Start building that nest egg because, you know, uh, you know, a few thousand dollars over, over a course of, of a year in, in, in this down time can really be huge whenever this bull market returns. And when you, we talk about what's happened with the debt in, in, in this country and in the world, you're going to see, you know, what's going to happen when, when you see that meteoric, meteoric rise happen again. Uh, so you want to be involved in that. You want to have some skin in the game. You know, there's a lot of apps out there to help you get started. I posted some episodes in the past about those, the bundle app, Abra app, Coinbase app, all these different ones. Now, now also, you know, pay attention, look, look back at one of the ones I posted about wallets and I'll probably touch on that again in the near future. But do I feel comfortable leaving a few hundred or a few thousand dollars worth of crypto in, in an exchange or, or in a, you know, a mobile wallet? Absolutely. But once you start to accumulate and amass more, you want to start looking at wallet security, making sure that you're, you're, um, you've got your money, whether it's in a secure uh, mobile wallet or desktop wallet or hard, you know, hard wallet where you have the private keys. You want to make sure you have. That. So with that, that's kind of it for the crypto education today. I want to thank you for listening in and we will catch you on the next episode.